Welcome to your Relationship Lovecast by True Potential, the weekly web show and podcast that explores relationships and wellness, featuring in-depth interviews with acclaimed authors, wellness experts, health influencers, and spiritual leaders so that you can create a relationship and life you love. And now your host, Andrea Carella. Hey, Andrea Carella here, and you're listening to Relationship Lovecast by True Potential. I hope you're having a great day, and we have a great episode uh, for our first episode. We will be having Creelan Peters, and coincidentally, Creelan is somebody that I've known for a long time. We actually worked in the same building for several years, first floor and second floor, and never knew each other, never even crossed paths with one another until we chose to leave the business world and entered into our own private practice. And that's when we met. And we've been connected off and on for the past four years. So I'm really excited to have her on today for one reason, because she is a real excellent specialist in fear and how we can face fear. She's a licensed professional counselor, certified life coach, and singer-songwriter, which is a really beautiful combination in working in psychotherapy and incorporating creativity in the arts. She specializes helping people to bust through fear, to move through life transitions with ease, and to effectively manage stress and burnout in order that we can live the best life, most balanced, and passionate life possible. And who doesn't want more of that, right? So she actually also is licensed to teach Feel the fear and do it anyways. And that's what she's going to be talking about today. And I'm so excited to have her on. Thank you so much, uh, Creelan, for being here. How are you? I'm great, Andrea. Thanks for having me. Excellent. It's great to have you on the show. And I wanted to kind of see a little bit about what is fear and what are we so afraid of? Oh, my goodness. That's a big question, huh? (laughs) Mm, Absolutely. (laughs) Well, fear, you know, is just simply a core emotion that we all have. It's hardwired in us from the beginning of time, you know, back, back, way back when people were in fear of their survival, they would be chased by predators and this fear response would kick in. And, and, you know, as a trauma specialist that we typically have one of three reactions to fear, which is a fight response, a flight response, or a freeze response. So that's kind of what fear is at its core. It's just, it's really, it's us feeling something about our survival. Right. Absolutely. And what, what do we do? You know, what are those things that really trigger our fears the most? Well, you know, back way back, it was mostly a fear of survival. So but now we've, you know, evolved over a long period of time. And right now, we really have this kind of fear of emotional safety. And so what happens is our our body is hardwired to respond to fear in a certain way. But now we don't have the same type of threats to us. So we are more afraid of our emotional safety. So fears like the fear of rejection, the fear of abandonment, the fear of success, fear of failure. So those are are really the fears that a lot of us face now. And our body still responds in that same way of, you know, we're either going to fight it, we're going to run away or shut down, or we just don't know what to do. We get stuck in it. Right. Absolutely. And I even see that in my my office when I'm working with couples that how each of them maybe deal with fear and stress may look different. So, mm-hmm. for example, one person may shut down and withdraw 
and that's because they're dealing with some fears or discomfort. Or the other person might be in fight response to kind of try to poke and prod their partner and get their attention. (laughs) So it's interesting to see how that fear response plays out when couples are in conflict or dealing with challenges. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of, of that playing of, of different types. And it's really important for us to know how we experience fear and to know how the people in our lives, no matter what relationship we have with them, whether it's a partner, a spouse, a friend, coworker, boss, you know, it's so important. A lot of us don't even, we're not really conscious of it uh, most of the time. And so I talk a lot about that the mind-body response and being really aware of how you respond to fear so that you can bring that awareness to solutions. Right. Now, what are some of those possible symptoms or physiological activation responses that you could tell some of our listeners to look out for so that they can start becoming more conscious and mindful about what is going on inside of their body? What are some possible things that could be happening? Absolutely. Well, there's different responses. There's physical responses. There's the way our thoughts respond, the the feelings that come up and in our actions. So there's a, kind of like those four different ways that we respond. So a body response might be that our heart is pounding, right? So mm-hmm. we kind of get that not knowing what to do, just it could be a lump in the throat. That's what I used to get a lot before I was able to recognize it and work through it is is kind of that stuckness of I don't know what to say and it manifests as a physical lump in the throat or maybe your stomach is is queasy or it could some people experience fear and anger together. So sometimes there's a hotness that they might feel or, you know, just other physical sensations. So it's important to know, like I said, what your yours are because they're different for everybody. Right. So, right. Yeah. So, absolutely. And so let's see what else we have. We have thoughts. So some of the thought processes that we can get stuck into are I'm right, you're wrong. <laughs> mm, right. Oh, yeah, I see that a lot as well. <laughs> and it's that, that we call that dichotomous thinking in, in our terms, but it's, you know, some people call it black or white thinking where there's, you know, there's one right, there's one wrong, there's no in between. So yes, that's definitely one. So if you, you feel that you're getting stuck in that, it's a really good indicator that there might be some fear there. Or shoulda, coulda, woulda. It's probably another thought. Oh, I should. I'm shooting on myself. You know, that sort of dialogue. Absolutely. Yes, the shoulds are definitely a big thing. Um, And, you know, another thing I just thought of as you were saying that is I teach a lot about the language that we use because language is so telling of what our thought processes are. So when you hear people say, I should, right, you and me go, oh, that's how they think, right? So other catchwords to to catch yourself with are the word try, the word can't, those kinds of things. So when you start mm-hmm. to look at the language that you use, it, it gives you an indicator. So sometimes we don't know how we think because we don't think about how we think. But when we start to recognize our language, it can give us a clue as to how we're thinking. Right. And I, I think also sometimes even... The fear response can also be activated in us when we're maybe a perfectionist or an overachiever or, you know, I, I want it all kind of mentality and you overload yourself with so many different things that you are interested in pulled in so many different directions that it can lead to that kind of fear oh. or anxiety response as well. Right. And it's and that's a kind of a tricky one because that overwhelm is both an indicator of fear and an avoidance measure. (laughs) 
<laughs> so, mm-hmm. so that's definitely when we start to feel either some procrastination or we feel overwhelmed, it's really good to take a step back and go, hmm, what's really going on here? Is there something that I'm avoiding doing because avoidance is one of our coping skills? Or is there, you know, something that I'm really afraid of? And just to, to take a look. So the overwhelm, that can definitely be an indicator of fear. Right. Now, some important questions that we have from our listeners with us here today, a lot of them brought up different topics that relate to relationships. And so I thought maybe since you're a specialist in fear, you could speak to them and maybe give us some tools and tips and strategies to kind of face these challenges that so many couples around the world deal with from time to time. Uh-huh. So in my practice, I sometimes see couples where maybe they're afraid, or this could be with couples or even individually where people come in, and they're really in a quandary. They're afraid of ending a relationship, mm-hmm. and they're afraid of being alone, but at the same time, they're also afraid of moving forward with the relationship and being intimate and kind mm-hmm. of creating that long-term commitment. So there's almost this dichotomy of fear coming at them from both sides. Right. And so I was hoping that maybe you might be able to provide some tips or guidance to help somebody so that they can make the best decision for themselves around these type of issues. That's a great question, Andrea. And it really does come down to what you said is making the best decision. And a lot of us get stuck in the way of thinking that either I'm going to make a right decision or a wrong decision. So I talk a lot to people about making the best decision that you have with the information available and remembering that no matter what decision you make, it's going to be a good one. You're going to learn lessons along the way. And, you know, hindsight is always twenty twenty. However, it really boils down to trusting ourselves and trusting that we're going to make a decision that is going to be for our best good. So, and as you know, as a therapist, we help our clients make decisions in a state where they're calm and they're able to think through it and, and look at the, you know, the possible consequences. It's always a good idea to look at that. However, at the end of the day, it's about making a decision and following through with that decision and knowing that you're going to be okay no matter what that decision is. Right. And I do. would you say that actually being in limbo and not making a decision one way or the other is probably the most stressful and most anxiety-provoking spaces to be in? It is. And I call that um, kind of the stuck point. And it's it's also a place where we are avoiding making a decision. But really, if we're really honest with ourselves, we have made a decision and the decision is not to make a decision. And always the fear of not doing something or the fear that keeps us from doing something is greater than the actual doing of it and, and moving through it. Because if you think about it, I know I, I, in my own life, I can say, well, when I was afraid to do this, you know, once I went through it, I'm like, wait a minute, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. Because we really do a trick in our minds of thinking about, you know, the what ifs and what could happen. And, and really, that that does create that stuck point. But it can be, you know, being in that stuck place can be helpful for a little bit, as long as you move out of it. And the only way to move out of it is to actually make a decision and take some action. Now, I can totally relate to what you're talking about because I myself, two years ago, decided after being in a long-distance relationship with my partner for two years to move all the way to another country, to move to Italy, to leave my practice or to rebuild my practice there. And 
really feeling all those fears of the unknown, of the uncertainty, of this new transition, of being far away from home, just so many different changes. And I remember it, you know, in the preparation of that, you know, I was, the more I thought about it, the longer I waited, you know, in that transition, the more fear and stress came over me, even though I knew in my heart it was the right decision. I remember feeling some of those fears and kind of getting into this place of, oh, I don't know. (laughs) And then just actually doing it and going there and, you know, making it happen, Mm -hmm. just all the fears washed away. And then I wondered, gosh, what was I so fearful about? Why was I working myself up so much? It was so unnecessary. So Mm -hmm. I can totally relate to what you're saying. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And and really, I think, you know, I teach that the fear really starts in our minds. When we're talking about this type of fear is that we can talk ourselves into things, we can talk ourselves out of things. And and I call it the thought spiral where, you know, you go from, you know, this happened to I'm afraid to, oh my gosh, I'm not going to survive, I'm going to die. And it just, it spirals so quickly in our minds. And if we can move forward, despite that fear, move forward despite those thoughts, like you did, you know, making this major, major life decision and moving forward, the fear is still there, but you're able to take action. And then, like you said, the fear kind of washes away. And then this liberation happens where you go, oh my gosh, I did it. And I trust myself to do it and I'm going to be okay. And that's really a lot of what I teach is that no matter what you do, you're going to be okay. Because we're really afraid that we're going to screw it up (laughs) and we're not going to be okay. And and really, it's being able to affirm to yourself, I can handle whatever comes my way. So really, it's old hardwiring from, you know, thousands and thousands of years of our biology that's getting Mm -hmm. activated. And really, there may not be any viable threat in these changes, transitions, rejection, all these things that that we fear, a new job, ending a relationship, being alone, all these things get activated. But really, if we rationally think beyond it or are able to get over that emotional hump, mm-hmm. that really we can handle anything that lies ahead of us. Absolutely. And it's really our body doesn't know the difference between a threat to our physical safety and a threat to our emotional safety. It's that, you know, it's in our DNA, our body responds in the same way. So if we can learn to see the cues of our body and go, oh, that's fear. And you know what, I'm going to just move through it and make a decision and take some action and I'm going to be okay. If we can do all of those things, then yeah, that and, and the more we do it too, it's just like with any new skill, you know, the more you practice, the better at it you get, the better you're able to recognize what's going on. And then the more success you have, the bigger risks you, you're willing to take. All right. So I really want our listeners to have some really useful, tangible takeaways with them that they can really start utilizing and implementing in their own lives. And so Creelin, what are some tips and suggestions that you can offer our listeners to kind of get over that emotional hump or even manage some of those physiological responses that are going on that are really activating in our system that can make it hard to move forward. So what are some suggestions that you have there? So then that way listeners can take this information and incorporate it and really see the benefits and the results of these suggestions. Well, you know, when our physiology kicks in, sometimes our thought process kind of shuts down a little bit because we're just so out of it or just 
feeling so much, you know, like I had mentioned before, maybe our, our breathing is labored, maybe our, our, I know for me, one of the responses I have when I'm under extreme stress or fear is that my mind goes blank. And so it can be really hard to manage that. So one of the best things, it sounds so simple, but it's so important, is to breathe. And so one of the things that I teach is breathing techniques and being really, really focused on your breath. I'm trained in mindfulness practice, and I teach people how to breathe and how to focus in on their body in a way that helps them reintegrate the body-mind connection. So that's a really big step. And as of course, as you know, is, is we need to practice these skills when we're not under duress, when we're not completely stressed out. So it's definitely a good skill for people to learn when they are not having tremendous fear response so that when they do have a fear response, they're able to go, okay, now I need to breathe. And so one of the things is to just breathe in through your nose, out through your nose and to focus on your belly. So focus on the breath coming into your belly and your belly expanding like a balloon. And then as you breathe out, imagine the breath leaving your body and your belly deflating like a balloon. So just the, just that focus on the breath and the belly as you breathe can help really calm that physiology down, help us calm our thoughts down and get back to a calm place so that we can move forward and make decisions. Absolutely. Now, I, I know as we come into this world when we're babies, we actually breathe that way naturally. Mm-hmm. And really, as we become adults and how we manage and maneuver through the stressful activities of our lives, we start breathing from our chest. And it's mm-hmm. kind of this shallow yes. breath, which really doesn't help us with anxiety and stress very much. Mm-hmm. And actually, one time I visited an elderly home, and actually, the elderly people breathe from their throat. You know, and so actually, as we age, if we don't really incorporate what you're suggesting of this kind of belly breathing and kind of reteaching ourselves what our body actually already naturally knows, we can actually, you know, shorten our breath, you know, as we age. And so being really intentional with our breath can really not only help with our longevity, but help us with managing stress and helping us activate that parasympathetic system in our, in our body, which is really like putting on the brakes. Mm-hmm. as opposed to keeping your foot on the gas the whole time. So right. that breath and really allowing ourselves to take a breath and slow <laughs> down and then let it all go really yes. makes a huge difference. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then once we're calm, I think another great tool to use is positive statements or affirmations. And one of the most powerful ones remembering that when we are fearful, it comes to this core of I can't handle whatever comes my way. So the affirmation would be I can handle whatever comes my way. And to just repeat that to yourself, either silently in your head or even saying it out loud as you're going through a decision making process. Right. And I I think so often we have probably 100 negative thoughts running through our our (laughs) head for every 20 positive thoughts or, mm-hmm. you know, something along those lines. So the more we can incorporate this real intentional mantra kind of positive thinking, and I know it sounds trite and easy and simple, but really when you incorporate it into an intention, you can actually feel the shift in your body change. And mm-hmm. so if we go on autopilot, we're left to our own devices, which sometimes unfortunately go in a negative direction. So being really intentional with those positive 
empowering thoughts that can really make a huge difference in how we feel on the inside and how we face challenges on the outside. Absolutely. Great. Any other suggestions that you'd like to offer our audience? Yeah, you know, one thing that I think is often overlooked as we're moving through fear or moving through difficulty in relationships, making decisions, um, and any kind of thing that we're struggling with is this whole idea of support. I know a lot of people talk about here's tools that you can do on your own, but we forget the value of having a really, really good support system. And, you know, one of the things I talk a lot about is that just because someone is near you in proximity, like they live in your house or they're in your family line, doesn't necessarily mean that they're providing the type of support that's going to help you move through something. So I think it's important for us to take a look at our relationships and to see, you know, if these are people we leave feeling energized and positive, or if we leave these people's company feeling negative, criticized, put down, that kind of thing. So that's a really big key when we're moving through something is not only to locate the right type of support, but also to ask for help when we need it. And I know I'm really challenged in that area myself, but I am getting better at it. And it's it's a really important skill to develop as you're moving through a big change. Absolutely. I think reaching out to others and, you know, I know how helpful that can be, you know, whenever you're dealing with a change or transition is to reach out and get that guidance and really being intentional of who you reach out to because sometimes people are in the peanut gallery or critical where there might be other people that you could reach out to that could be supportive and understanding and help open up a space for you to kind of figure things out. So uh, it can mean a, mean, make a big difference uh, either way. Now I have one last question that also came in from our listeners that is really relevant. A lot of people mentioned having difficulty asserting themselves specifically when facing people who are dominant or powerful or be a boss or a domineering partner. And so I wanted to see what sort of strategies you would recommend to start overcoming those feelings of self-doubt and how to be able to assert ourselves with those challenging people that we have to deal with day in, day out Mm -hmm. uh, so that we can be most effective and also feel good about ourselves. You know, one of the ways is to is really not focusing on that particular thing. But one of the this is kind of a a self-esteem building issue from what I'm gathering from what you're saying. So one of the big things is to find success in an area where we're passionate about. So a lot of times we focus so hard on the problem that we kind of tune everything out. We get this kind of this tunnel vision. So it's, you know, the more you focus on something, the more it expands in your life. So if we can take the focus on areas that we are successful, areas that we are having a, a lot of passion about. So it's I think one of the things that would be really helpful is to focus on a hobby or a skill or, or something where we can build ourselves up, get this positive love fest going on for ourselves and build some good skills there. And, and then we can transfer that to other areas of our lives. Right. Now, I remember in in my experience working with very strong personalities, you know, uh, whether supervisor or other people, you know, I think it's really helping the other person be understood and know that you're comprehending or listening to them and that you're really wanting to maintain that connection of understanding 
in that relationship. And I think sometimes really knowing when you have to draw a line in the in the sand and kind right. of set those limits with other people, mm-hmm. because sometimes that's not only beneficial for you, but it's also beneficial for them to kind of know where their limits are and where the neck the other person begins and where they end, and mm-hmm. being able to sometimes communicate those boundaries in a respectful way, not only respectful towards them, but also respectful towards yourself. Because sometimes if we if we don't say anything and we kind of go along and we're submissive, we end up, you know, our self-esteem can become diminished and our self-respect. So sometimes when dealing with difficult people, being able to manage those emotions, like we mentioned earlier, using some of those strategies, and then being able to move forward and take that step to, to setting that limit with that other person, that perhaps other people are experiencing that person in a very similar way. And it's not just with you, but being able to kind of grow in that way to deal with those challenges. Right. And definitely setting limits is something that we all do throughout our whole lives and learning what I call is learning to say yes to yourself. It's it, rather than because a lot of times we say, oh, I, I want to say no to that person or set limits. But if we can reframe it to go, you know what, I want to say yes to myself. And sometimes saying yes to myself and honoring myself means saying no to other people. That's beautiful because I think it really looks at it from that point of view as a win, as opposed to something that is being deducted or subtracted, you're really adding to yourself. And and that's also equally important as well, rather than just giving (laughs) to others and and being at the mercy of others that are maybe challenging in our Mm -hmm. lives. Mm Mm-hmm. So let's see, any other, any other situations that you'd like to share some words of wisdom about maneuvering through fear? Uh, well, you know, I think it's really a matter of understanding that fear is going to be there no matter what. Fear often accompanies change. And so just recognizing that and knowing that if you're facing any changes right now in your life, fear is part of that package. And we can learn to struggle with fear. I think actually we've already learned to struggle with fear or, or we can choose to have a different relationship with fear and just realizing that it's part of the package and that it's really there for our protection and that we can still use it to propel ourselves forward. Right. And I think sometimes when we suppress the reality of that fear, that can tuck it away and then it jumps out in moments like a panic attack. So really, I think having a a positive, accepting, honoring relationship with fear is going to help you manage it and deal with it more effectively than it kind of jumping out of nowhere and trying to suppress it. Right. As, as you know, and I'm sure you teach people, it's, you know, the more you deny something, the bigger it gets and the uglier it gets and the more in your face it gets. So if we can acknowledge it, that's a, that's a big piece of it as well as acknowledging it, understanding it and using it for good rather than evil. Absolutely. Now, we're going to be wrapping up here, and I know that you had a great offer to our listeners that I think that they can really benefit from regarding facing their fears and taking it to the next level and moving through it. Would you like to share a little bit of what you are going to be offering to our audiences for for free? Yes, absolutely. I love talking to people about fear and giving people general tip. I teach a full-day workshop on it. You know, I do coaching around it. And sometimes... You know, it's really good to get all this general information, but but people also like to go, you know, wh- how does this apply to me? How how can I move through fear, my particular fear, my particular situation? 
how do I use these tools for me? And so I love talking to people about fear. As you know, I, I talk all the time about it and write about it. And and I'd love to offer your listeners the opportunity to just chat with me for, you know, a 30 minutes on the phone free and just tell me about your fear and I can give you some strategies for how you can move through whatever it is you're dealing with in your life right now. Okay. And what would be the deadline that they actually, the cutoff point that they, you know, should definitely take advantage of this before it goes away? Um, I would be willing to offer this through April 15th. So if people want to contact me, we can get that scheduled and then we will talk before April 15th. Okay, fantastic. So I'll include Creeland's link at the bottom of the show notes. So then that way, and also some other links of, of literature and resources related to overcoming your fear in the show notes. So definitely stop by and check that out to access the show notes. You can go to www.truepotentialcounseling.com. And if you like this podcast, if you could please leave a review so I can have more impact and reach more people, it would really mean the world to me if you would take the time to visit truepotentialcounseling.com forward slash review, uh, take you directly to the iTunes page where you can leave a review. Uh, Now, thank you so much. We have some really exciting future episodes coming up every single week. And so with great guests from all over the world that will offer resources and tips to you that you can quickly implement and apply in your own lives. So definitely check back with us. If you'd like to receive automatic updates, once again, go to truepotentialcounseling.com and you can sign up for email updates so that you get regular notice of these podcasts as they go live. Thank you so much and we'll catch you next time. Thanks for listening to Lovecast by True Potential at www.truepotentialcounseling.com. 